Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Also, my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 112. And if I can open with a small piece of news, because I totally caught my cough guard with this one. I recently started rewatching Smallville, and I got to somewhere in season 7. And who should pop up in season 7, episode 1, as Lex's lawyer, which I don't think is a spoiler, given what Lex actually does in the show. That he'd have a lawyer shouldn't be a huge shock to people. But Colonel Mayborn, a.k.a. Mike? Mayborn, played by Tom McBeath. Did that spring on you? I knew it was coming, and I'm thinking, I hope he do not ask me what his bloody name was. <laughs> no, that, I did flag this to you on Twitter last night. Yeah, and I went and had a look at season 7, episode 2, just to see if it was him. Fair enough. But he'll always be Mayborn to me. He was, of course, in season four of Sanctuary. He's been in a lot of stuff. Chris Judge hasn't been in Sanctuary yet, has he? No, I don't believe he Unless has. Unless he was under heavy makeup. <laughs> but I'm sure Amanda, I mean, she's managed to get Daniel in, hasn't she? Yes, he's been in. Although, let's face it, from a Sanctuary perspective, Zimmerman is the Daniel character. Oh, yeah, very much so. Before I forget, good evening, folks. Welcome to this week's podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Yeah, but you're going to stick that in to start so it doesn't sound oh, so yeah. weird. Well, we don't want to be like some American TV shows, which have the opening credits about 15 minutes in. Then titles come up and think, oh, credit sequence. Oh, no, wait, hang on. 42 <laughs> minutes, the episode's over. I see so many American shows on DVD. Adverts are almost entertaining to me. Because, oh, what's this? Oh, this had been out for three months, really. But it's hard to feel sorry for them global corporations and their advertising spend. You know, somebody must tell me what the peanut thing was with Jericho, but I suppose it would ruin the show on me, so I'll wait until I watch it. The thing I found with rewatching Smallville last night, referencing my Mayborn reference earlier, is it's a very easy show to look at. It's like Born Notice. I can just plug it on and just, I could sit there happily and watch episode after episode after episode. Plenty going on, but you don't really have to engage your brain 100%. Even 10% is above average. Most people come along on three or four. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-fi entertainment news and commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Good news, though. What's that? Well, goodish news. Hard drive failed in one of the user's laptops. An important user? There are no important users. <laughs> I knew it. I always knew it. <laughs> but while attempting to... I could get it to boot in safe mode. I couldn't get it to boot in any other mode. Yeah. So I could see his files and I said, do you mind if I rob that hard drive off your disk? Off your desk? Definitely slip the tongue there. Hard drive off your disk? <laughs> I mean, it's one of our hard drives. It's got an asset tag on it. 
So I plugged it in and discovered a folder called TV Shows. Oh, yeah. And what was on it? Amongst other things was season 8, 9 and 10. Of what? What did we do? Sorry, insufficient context. Stargate. Oh, right. <laughs> as well as soft copies of all of SGA. Pay dirt. That'd be handy. I don't have to faff about with the discs. Always useful when mucking around in other people's hard drives because you never know what you might find. And since the apparent owner of the hard drive wasn't there today, I said, I'm going to take this home. <laughs> well, there's stuff I haven't seen, like Rome and Jericho, both seasons. Yeah. Unfortunately, the drive is NTFS, and you know what that means from a PS3 perspective. Oh, yeah. It only likes FAT32, don't it? Yep. I even had to download a program called Swiss Knife to reformat my terabyte drive with FAT32. You can sort of get around the restriction on FAT32. Okay. We're playing Discworld Hangman. Okay. Which is what I just pasted into chat. Yeah, right. And yes, I've already got the of and the. No K, no L. Who are you playing this with? It's on the Discord stamps forum. The century of the... Uh, well, Fruit Bat was oh, a couple of years ago, wasn't anchovy. it? Anchovy. Anchovy, is it? <laughs> yes, the century of the anchovy. It's so hard to keep track. I'd say someone's guest. Yes, why would anybody want to be kicking and screaming from the century of the Fruit Bat? Uh, I don't know why I'm guessing. Because the person who guesses is obliged to come up with the next clue. <laughs> Just get one of the novels, a quick flick through the pages and find a sentence you like. That was way too bad. I don't know what the hell that is. Transcript site. Ah, the underwater one. But was it as bad as you remembered? Well, no, because I didn't remember it at all. Which does imply that it wasn't great. It does, doesn't it? I watched the episode, listened to the commentary, then dug out the other discs that had the director's behind-the-scenes little special on. And since, well, I'm off work, I have nothing to do, I end up putting a couple of video snapshots up on the website. Chris Judge with the biggest bloody grin on his face. Just from the behind-the-scenes? So, shall we? Having blathered on for 30 minutes. Okay, 21 minutes, because I was 10 minutes late. <laughs> there were severe traffic things, although no obvious cause. There was just lots and lots of traffic. Usually the case. What's more likely is, by the time I reached the point that had been the cause of the traffic delays, the cause itself had left. Okay, I've got someone to fiddle with. Dare I ask? It's metal bezel piece from the back of a PC with little cutouts for where the PS2 slots would go and the parallel port and the serial ports and the USB slots. And... Strangely enough, every time I've built a PC, I've never used that bit. How often have you built PCs? I've built every one I've ever owned except for the very first one I bought. I see. It's just one of those things that you think, oh, sorry, I don't need it, do I? So you just leave the hole? Well, it's not a hole, it's just a gap. Airflow. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I meant to click minimize, but there's no <laughs> maximize button on the call. So I clicked the button to the immediate left of the first button I saw, and that was the X. Shocker. It disconnected. <laughs> Shall we? Yep, I'm all set to go. Three, two. Oh, sorry. Marshade a holder. If we're three, if we're doe, if we're hain. Click. <laughs> Fade in on Asgard ship. Yes, getting the most out of this special effect. On Stargate SG-1. That's, I think, the third time we've seen it. First we must rescue Thor. He is a prisoner of the Goa'uld. Yeah, like, you don't want to see shiny, shiny ships. <laughs> Poor little Thor. Yes, I'm still wondering what Orifice they inserted into. Because <laughs> as far as we can tell, the Asgard do not actually possess anuses. Well, we've seen what food they eat, so you wouldn't have thought there'd be much biological waste, would you? Oh, the cubes. Oh, yes, the Thor says my favourite is the blue ones. Uh, Sam tried the yellow one. Didn't quite like it. 
Yep, this costs an awful lot of money. Use it again, and again, <laughs> and again. Oh, buddy. Poor Anubis. He has got prisoners gone. He will not go far. You cannot take me with you. Why not? The link between myself and the Goa'uld ship has not been severed. Aldra's been on about it from GWC. There is actually a Thor buddy doll. <laughs> Apparently he's lapsed into a coma. Nice low panning shot there. Mm-hmm. That looked a little jerky when it started off, because when, when the scene started, Jacob, and we've got back. No, I think it's just my PC which is making it look jerky. I'm assuming it's smooth <laughs> on yours. Looks like your analysis was right, Sam. It's dead in space, but completely intact. Has Anubis ever done anything like this before? This is the first. Must have been a little crazy around the SGC when it showed up, huh? You have no idea. I have a pretty good idea, Sam. I used to be an Air Force general, remember? Are we there yet? The actual cargo ship is one of the uh, standing sets, so it's physically there. No CGI required. Yeah, look at that blue polystyrene glow. <laughs> As Claudia Christian said in B5, I could fly that plywood like no one else. <laughs> I don't know if it ever happened in Stargate, but apparently on B5 one time, there was a fire drill and they left her strapped in. The thing like, <laughs> like, oh, I've seen it on a gag with. Oh, God, he's back to Perky. Jonas is very cheerful. He's Mr. Perky. This is the first time he's been in space. It was the first time for Jack and Sam, even Tilk. We'd only begun to consider the possibility of space travel to actually be out here is... This is Jack sort of going, maybe I should have gone with the Russians. It's amazing. Indeed. Until something goes horribly wrong. What's our status? Oh, Davis. Not in dress uniform. He's slumming it with the boys. There. Ship Ahoy Ahoy. Ahoy Ahoy? Shiny and metal. The highlights coming out. Oh, that's a dock. Just sitting there. That's incredible. That's got to be a trap. I'm not 100%, but this could be the same ship Anubis used to kidnap Thor. <laughs> Damn good eye, Sam. They all look the same to me. <laughs> There's no discernible life signs. All the escape pods have been jettisoned. The ship does not appear to have been damaged in battle. Power and life supports are functioning normally. There's just nobody on board. Why would they have been in a perfectly good ship? What about the other side? That might have been. So you're assuming the three-quarter view we can see is hiding a massive hole in the other side? Why not? I'm pretty sure if you'd ferried up to the Titanic a few minutes after it hit the iceberg, it'd look perfectly fine from one side. <laughs> Aside from the fact that it seemed to be at a slight angle. A few minutes after it hit. I've got... I'll give you your space to do your usual. Go on, then. Descent... Written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully. Directed by Peter DeLuise. About time he got behind the camera. Mm-hmm. First aired 21st of June 2002. And shares its name with episodes of Smallville, Outer Limits, Blade the series, Hercules and the Dead Zone. And also a series of PC video games in the mid-90s. Descent. Uh, yeah, it does ring, yeah, it does ring a bell. I was waiting to see if you mentioned it when you didn't, I thought I would. Well, I didn't even bother mention theatrical movie, because, you know, I keep it to TV shows. Mm-hmm. Well, the video game was one of my personal favourites. Quite an engaging puzzler. And we're in. And... Oh, nice three-shot there. Yeah. I don't know if the Earth counts as a character. 
you won't be able to fit that on a 4B3 screen. That's what widescreen was made for. <laughs> and they went widescreen when they went 16mm in Season 5? No, they started in 16mm. They went to 35mm in Season 3. Oh. Are they still on 35mm in Season 6? Yeah, they don't switch to HD cameras till I think, Season 9. Although they have experimented with a HD camera. Yes, you commented it was the pyramid one, wasn't it? With the lights? Yeah, it could have been. Colonel, I've studied every report, every specification, everything you have on Because Google I gave you an order, Jonas. I always have a reason I'm not required to explain. It's a military thing. <laughs> Stay behind, Jonas. Yeah. Tilk's staying behind as well, so it's not as if he's being a singled out. Oh, no. This is a strictly a human mission. Yeah, but it's first time in space and he's already bored and he wants to get off the shuttlecraft and do something else. <laughs> the shine wore off it quite fast, didn't it? It did, didn't it? So that's Davis. Is Davis the red shirt for this episode? No, Major Davis, he's a semi-regular character. Colin Cunningham. Still be a red shirt. Now, the red shirt is probably the character we haven't seen before. Oh, the guy beside Amanda? Yeah, namely Dr. Fryson, played by John Shaw. What is that? I can't make it up. Who has had roles in Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe, plus Supernatural and Human Target. The crew appears to have abandoned ship, General Hammond. Well, that's good news. I don't mind telling you we've all been holding our breath down here. That is most unwise. Mm. Hey, Walter. <laughs> yeah, don't hold your breath. Sorry, Walter, but you look daft with your glasses on top of your head. He's been looking for his glasses for ages. He's actually looking around the director going, can I put them down now, please? <laughs> no, well, where did I put them? I put them somewhere. Ah, an empty bridge. Yes. With two bluey things. I'm waiting for the replicators to appear. <laughs> well, it's unusual to have... It's an abandoned ship with no obvious damage. Where's the bloody replicators? Or, as Thor said, replicators. Why is the weapons console up? You know, what were they firing at? Well, this is strange. The ship is operational, but before they left, they initiated a self-destruct sequence. <laughs> That's not good to know. Looks like the countdown's stuck. It just doesn't make any sense. The only way to stop a self-destruct is with a command override, but that would completely erase the sequence. Not suspended halfway. So is the ship going to explode or not? Well, <laughs> Eventually, maybe. countdown was suspended, we can't be sure it won't start up again. We need to get to the computer core and do a diagnostic. Carter. You and Davis. See if you can disable that self-destruct altogether. Hmm? Yes, sir. Sir. Now, uh, Peter De did the commentary for this episode, make, making jokes about Jacob's outfit, that no cows were sacrificed in the making of the tripe vest. <laughs> Only sci-fi-loving cows volunteered. <laughs> Excellent. What if it's some sort of Trojan horse? Well, then apparently they did it wrong. Look, Jack, none of this makes any sense. So before you go slapping a U.S. Air Force sticker on the side of the ship... Will you stop? Jack looks comfortable in the command, doesn't he? Actually, he doesn't. He looks like he's trying to get comfortable, but... Well, to be fair, that's just cheer with a piece of cloth over it to make it look different. It was the cheer that Daniel used in absolute power when he was taking over the world. Okay. Thank you. Now, sometimes I get a little concerned that you're going to get my favourite planet wiped out. Yes. What planet is that? It's ours now. Okay, last time it didn't work out quite so well, but everything will be fine this time. <laughs> Their next logical option would be to sabotage the hyperdrive. Freeze it. Let's go. I'll do a systems check from here. Find out what that sound is. Jacob, not impressed. 
maybe his book keeps sliding on the shiny shiny cloth. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've sat in other chairs like that. You sit down and you sort of you don't stop. Once your boy hits the chair, you're going to keep going. Whee. Probably should take that chair out and put it in the cargo ship because he's always on about having another chair. <laughs> I wish you know the code to open it. Because it's a standard code for all the ships. What's up? We're on our way to the computer core, but we can't access this corridor. All right, hang on. Yeah. No, no look. whole section's been sealed off, and the life support's been shut down. Why would they do that? I have no idea. I'll see if I can open it up and get the ventilation going again. The great thing about this, Colin Cunningham actually works with Gary Jones in another show while they were filming this. <laughs> he actually petitioned for this character to be Major Davis, and they actually yeah, agreed. Fair enough. Brad Group actually said it was the first time an actor's actually pimped himself for a role, and he was right. <laughs> How's the hyperdrive? Well, Friesen says the engine checks out. But he wants to have a look at the shield generators. Did he say why? Why? To see them. To see them. Jack and generic glasses guy. Never mind. If this was the ship that destroyed an Asgard ship and kidnapped Thor, then its shields were clearly superior to any... With what looks remarkably like... That doesn't so much look like a backpack as a cockroach. It's a pair of legs coming out from the side of it. <laughs> You consider how many scientists we've seen who have had speaking parts in the show. When they bring somebody new on, you think, well, it's not going to end well, is it? No. And of course, this <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> This is once again the use of three corridor sets to make it look like a huge ship by filming down one way and up the other. Talking here. Ah, they look like staff blasts. Pretty much sure you know what the door's made of and a staff blast wouldn't work. No. Beep, beep, beep. Why well, don't go it? It should go. Dee, 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 dee. You know that kind of negative beep, 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 beep noise. <laughs> See, this is to give you the sense of scale. Dad, we're just outside the computer core. The door looks like it's been hit by several staff blasts. That's interesting because it's the only door I can't open. The circuits are fused. It's almost as if there was a deliberate overload. It's starting to look more and more like a saboteur on board. Someone damaged the computer and then sealed it off so they couldn't affect repairs. Whatever happened, I can't get you inside. Look at the holograms, huge chip. It's not just three corridors. It's not just a soundstage. They're the graphics they used from Heimdall's computer, so reusing stuff whenever they can. I have to go blow something up. Head on back to the Peltax, see if Jacob needs any help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. And now you're leaving Friston on his own. Who's going to disobey orders? Goodbye. So then you say, hang on a minute, what's he up to? Is he part of this? No, he's a ghoul spy. Shall we? Because, of course, the explosive force doesn't travel around corners, does it? Flame doesn't, anyway. Woo! That was loud. What? <laughs> now, why didn't the Gawold think of that? Or don't they have explosives of that type? Probably not. You'd thought they'd have heavy weapons, something that could blow through a door. Jacob, we Now, that looks more like a server room, doesn't it, than anything we have today. Oh, speaking of someone who's in server rooms on a daily basis, not that much either. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have fully CGI from rear walls? No, they don't have that much light. <laughs> a few little blinking green, and unfortunately, usually amber and red. <laughs> There's green. Green is good. Shield generators. Although this green doesn't look like a good green. Well, it was a good green because that's the the shield generated. That's what he actually wanted to look at. Unfortunately, when you hear strange sounds from a ship that's supposed to be deserted, do you really want to go t going round corners looking? Hello. No, he's not. Well, he looks military scientist, but oh, oh. that's not good. Carl O'Neill, 
What the hell? Samurai Anubis. <laughs> Off with his head. Yes, it wouldn't really surprise me next time you see his body, there's no head there. Yes, sit quietly, boys, and think of what you've done. Hmm. <laughs> bored, bored, bored. Yeah. Should have brought a book. Didn't think I'd need a book on a space mission. And like I said last week, Jonas did a lot of eating and drinking in the early episodes. Yes, you said you. What you actually said last week was that every time you see Jonas on screen, he's eating. But there were several scenes in this episode where he wasn't. <laughs> he seems to have a little difficulty with the banana. I guess they don't have bananas on. What was it, Talana? What planet is Jonas from? Jonas is from the planet Langara. <laughs> yes, from the state of Kelowna. Ah, yes, Kelowna. Yes, and once I've edited that into the dreadful bit of silence, I will come across as bloody fantastic. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll leave that bit in an order. <laughs> Colonel O'Neill didn't want to have a Russian on the team. Such rumors are meaningless. O'Neill would not have chosen you if he did not believe that one day you would be an effective member of SG-1. And thanks, Tilk. I really appreciate that. And Jonas is a little bit upset thinking he only got the job by default. He's right. Tilk's been a bit, uh, I don't know, cold? Stick together, right? This is good. Are you suggesting an alien conspiracy? <laughs> no. Those aliens should stick together. <laughs> oh. Of course, yes. I was warned about your occasional use of humor. It's... <laughs> Got me. <laughs> <laughs> now, who wouldn't warn him about that? <laughs> Nobody does stoic like Teok. <laughs> He's still yes. <laughs> Jonas got to go right. He was actually smiling and agreeing with Jonas when he was saying it's great to be in space. <laughs> Computer log confirms that this is the same ship that Thor was aboard. And? Well, it could explain a lot, sir. Thor's brain was directly linked to this computer. Anubis may have grossly underestimated the power of an Asgard's mind. And? It's possible that when his mind was linked, Thor was able to rewrite some of the ship's programming. Now, that's a large removable drive. Isn't it like the size of Daniel? Ah, so Anubis' ship that ran away from the Asgard? Ran away. Sorry, holy grail moment. Might explain why the self-destruct got stuck. He could have generated a whole new subroutine that sent the ship to our solar system after it was abandoned. Like a, a gift. I know it sounds a little wacky, sir. But the more I think about it, the more it seems like the most reasonable explanation. There's a little wishful thinking there, Major. Well, if this ship wasn't ultimately intended for us to find, why did it travel halfway across the galaxy all by itself? For that matter, why didn't the self-destruct just go off? Well, even if you're right, I, mean, I really doubt that a virus is going to know the difference between us and the Goa old. There has to be a way to disable it somehow, or Thor wouldn't have sent the ship here. Dr. Friesen, this is Major Carter. We could use your assistance in the computer core. Friesen, come in. Dad, have you seen Dr. Friesen? Negative. You scientists. Stay here. I'll find him. It's a big ship, sir. I think I know where he went. That's a nice idea, that is. He nicked Thor's consciousness and dumped it in his computer, and then Thor took over. I don't think I've actually seen this one. coming out of the ship's intercom. What is it? The sound we keep hearing. 
You hear that? Uh, there, there's a pattern to it. Almost like distorted words. Let's check it out. Like I said, I know I've seen it, but I just could not remember anything about it. You see, there were a couple of episodes in this season that I didn't actually see. And that I've never seen because my watch didn't get this far. So I might actually watch the next one purely because Unseen Stargate. Of course, the fact that I don't actually have the next one. <laughs> is a slight hiccup. He's going to find the clipboard, isn't he? Or the head. Still has a head. But from the stance the ninja was taking, you, you'd have thought, his head's going off. Carter, when you and Davis back on the Peltac with Jacob. What's going on, sir? Friesen's dead. My Amanda, you've got big eyes. I've commented on that before. Have you actually ever seen any Jafar with swords as a primary weapon? It's a great idea, isn't it? Although, you look at this episode, you're thinking, hang on a minute. I heard a staff weapon. Oh, he's not carrying a sword? Nah. A sensible Jaffa. I'm not creeping up on me a sword when I've got a staff weapon in my hand. <laughs> Jacob, do you read? There's only three of them, though. Yeah, but these are stealth Jaffa. Black Ops. Jacob got shot. Yeah, but only in the shoulder. Jacob, come in. Jacob. Can't they hit, like, something vital? Well, they only get shot in the pouch when it's required for them to die. Can't they hit, like, something vital? Well, they only get shot in the pouch when it's required for them to die. I do like the wallpaper, you know, the clouds and the skies. Not exactly what you'd think of Anubis. No, I'm most definitely, I haven't actually seen this. I'm sorry, I'm not saying much because it's new to me. <laughs> Dad! Jack was right. Sooner or later, something was going to go wrong. Uh-huh. Colonel, we've got another problem. Olive, go, go. We're going down. Well, that's not good. The Earth's not supposed to be moving, is it? The Earth's rising. The planet's expanding. <laughs> Sir, we've got no way of altering course. We're going to crash. Didn't Tilk actually notice it? <laughs> Tilk, come in. O'Neill, you are approaching Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, you know, we noticed that. You're going to have to ring us out of here. Standing by. Yo, Jonas, something you can do. Don't mess <laughs> this up. Don't say anything that the rings are working beforehand. Whoa! <laughs> Come on, Jonas, get in there. This is your big chance. Only one left, Jonas. Does Jonas even have a weapon? Yes, he's got a weapon. Why well, isn't he using it? <laughs> I'll shoot you for good measure. <laughs> oh, funny, a bit bloody late, Jonas. <laughs> That would be me, that would. <laughs> right at the end. Anybody left? Anybody left? <laughs> oh, they're all down. Damn. <laughs> it's no use. I estimate impact between 500 and 1,000 miles west-southwest of Alaska. The amount of energy released at impact will be massive. There could be a tidal wave. Raise the shields and set inertial dampening to maximum. That way the ship should survive in one piece. Done. That's all I can do. Duke, we're heading to the ring room. Wait. Yep. O'Neill, we have been attacked by Jafar from the mothership. Ah, strange. So this ship can actually make a pretty much... I'm thinking of, thinking of the Asgard ship that made atmospheric entry unpowered. And, you know, that crashed, and while well, this one seems to be able to go in quite fine and hit the ocean. Yeah, well, you see, unpowered meant no shields. That's why uh, Jacob said raise the shields, he said, having read the transcript. <laughs> well, I guess we're going in. <laughs> We're so going in. Well, yeah, but that's not what he said. Peter Eloise pointed out that that god really liked his jeep. <laughs> Always god in it. And worth pointing out, I know 
they actually made a point during that firefight that you actually saw the panel get destroyed on the first shot. Mm-hmm. So it was a tactic, not just an accident. So far, no word from the Chinese government, but I'm sure we'll be hearing from them soon enough. As for the Russians, I have a call going through to Colonel Chekhov in about 10 minutes. It goes to prove that the Jafar, again, under Anubis, are a smarter bunch than any other system lords. Well, Harper, yay. Another silly Bruckheimer explosive movie, <laughs> which did apparently have the doodlebugs did exist when you stripped down B-52s off the carrier. Uh, of course they did. It's an historical fact. Yes, but it's a historical fact in a Bruckheimer movie. <laughs> you see something from one of his movies, you've got to question it. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, <laughs> uh, poor didn't he? <laughs> it may be possible that one of them could be used as a point of access. That sounds like our best shot. General, with your permission, Tilk and I would like to join the rescue operation. That's a plane waiting. Thank you, sir. Another thing, they actually didn't show the Hatak crashing because it was just simply too expensive to make it look good. Peter West, the DP for this episode, actually was pointing out how much he loved the stock shots they used because he doesn't have to light them and it makes his job easier. You don't think so? It was an ambush. I believe your presence would have made little difference. Like on the cargo ship? You could not have known those Jafar would ring aboard ship. I stood there. You saved my life like Dr. Jackson did back on my planet. I didn't do a thing. Now he's feeling sorry for himself. Not good, Jonas. You missed your chance. Okay. Give him some motivational speech, Duke. <laughs> it is my understanding that it was largely your idea that led to the successful disposal of the other Stargate before it could be detonated. You saved the lives of millions. Yeah, that was different. That was an intellectual exercise. I'm talking about knowing what you can do in the heat of the moment when there is no time to think. One can never be certain until the opportunity presents itself. Well, so far, my track record is not great. Perhaps that is so. Did you know the way I timed that gives a motivational speech to, to just before he said it for easy editing? <laughs> I'm considerate uh, like that. What you didn't know was that Tilk is actually backwards in his shots. What? They're actually both sitting in the same chair in the same jeep. <laughs> they had to reverse Tilk's footage so it made it look like he was in the right-hand seat. Can't do that normally because there's so much happening in the background, but right there and then it didn't matter because the only thing you could tell was the emblem side crooked aside from the burns I got a broken collarbone so next working on it Jacob looks concerned well they're sitting at the bottom of the Atlantic aren't they or is it the Pacific the Pacific the Pacific Northwest yeah it must be if it's coming from Pearl transcript has Jonas Quinn as one word with a capital Q perhaps he just missed the space to stay alive as long as possible they would have gone into a deep state of Kelnarim slowing down their heart rate to one or two beats per minute in that condition, the cargo ship's sensors weren't sensitive enough to pick them up. Yeah, it's a pity the sensors didn't pick that up. Think there are any more running around? Tricky, Jafar. My guess is the three that attacked me were on the computer core level. I let them out when I opened the door to allow Sam inside. In the DS9 episode where the Kardashians left some of their people on board one of the space stations, they actually put them in status as opposed to just going to sleep for a while. I think there were three of them as well. Hmm. Can we fix the engines? Not a chance. And that's not our only problem. We found evidence of structural damage on the lower levels, probably a result of the impact. How bad? I'm not sure. The exterior pressure is pretty severe, especially on the lower levels of this ship. It wouldn't take much to compromise the hull. Well, help will be on the way. <laughs> There's also the matter of the self-destruct sequence frozen halfway through its countdown. You haven't turned that off yet? No, sir. And I'm not sure we should even try. Why? Well, first the door to the computer core was locked. Then when the Jaffa tried to blast their way in, the entire section was sealed off and life support was shut down. By who? It's whom? Actually, sir, it's more like... 
What? What? The virus Thor left behind. Very definitive. I assume Sam's already told him that they couldn't be fixed. That's how he was able to jump in. Well, I'm sure Davis is capable of independent thinking and decision-making. Yeah, but he's not exactly an engineer, is he, or a scientist? He is a military officer. So is Sam. Whose primary focus is scientific research. She's still a military officer. How do we know Davis isn't a Sam in training? Does Davis even... Oh, he does. Does what? Hang on a second. Is this another Davis? No, this is Major Paul Davis. He's been in half a dozen episodes. Paul Davis? Ah. Is he related to Walter? Uh, Walter isn't a Davis. He is, according to the transcript. Walter is not a Davis. Walter is many things, but he's not a Davis. He's Walter Harriman. It just says, Walter Davis and Siler sit at monitors. Walter, Davis and Siler. No, because then it says Walter Davis, so we've just got... So apparently the transcript is really wrong. <laughs> Punctuation in the transcript is a bit iffy, that's all. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it doesn't sound good, whatever it is. Hidden speakers. Gold ship have good sound systems. Maybe the walls can become speakers. I'd imagine it's something like that. I don't think it's <laughs> going to be something as primitive as a little magnet cone. Oh, that's not good. And that's water coming in. And due to the pressure and the amount of salt in it, that's probably below freezing water. Damn safety procedures. You're basically in a small corridor with two locked doors. There's been a hull breach on the engineering level. Now this is nice. We're nowhere near engineering. Looks like seawater penetrated to the central access shaft and now the pressure's pushing it off through the core of the ship. We're flooding from the inside. Dad, the door's closing behind us. It's a security measure. All doors are sealed around the breach. <laughs> I'll try to open it from here. They actually rebuilt this set in a huge pool so they could actually literally drop the set into the pool. But they're standing on something. Yes, it's a set. The set has a top, a bottom and one side. Yeah, so the water's coming in there, so the camera's on. That's filling up fast. Oh, yeah. Now, why aren't they shivering? Because that water should be seriously cold. Well, you've got to take some poetic license, haven't you? Mm. I mean, they're acting cold, despite the fact that the actual water in the pool is warm. Jacob? Yeah, without the proper codes, I can't get access to the security program. I'm going down there. To do what? The local controls are locked out. Jack, I'm going to try to find a back door to the program. How long is that going to take? I'm looking at some major shrinkage here. <laughs> major shrinkage. Yes, Jack. You've got to be really worried about that at this time. At what point does the radio stop working? Well, they're only a few thousand feet down. Don't worry about it. They're good radios. No, it's not that. I'm more concerned about the radio getting wet. <laughs> Approaching point of entry. When they said they had airlocks for all contingencies, I'm pretty sure they didn't include a gold mothership with it. Then we'll crash our brand new mothership. What do you say we do in the tropics, huh? Actually, sir, it wouldn't make a difference. At this depth, all water is ice cold. Shallower water, then. Shallower? Yes, sir, I'll keep that in mind. Or we could just not crash at all. It'd be nice to keep our nice new mothership for more than a couple of hours. Okay, yes, sir. This scene was actually uh, shown in one of the behind-the-scenes footage on the on the DVD. Showed you both Amanda and Richard doing this scene. A bit frightening, really. You know, they're actually literally dunking them and having them shoved underwater by the set. Mm-hmm. Your dad's cutting in a little clothing. Ooh. Oh, dear. <laughs> Mind that this is his daughter. He's probably trying everything he can. I can't do it. Many an actor would refuse to do that scene. Ooh. <laughs> It kind of screwed up. Sam. I'm sorry. 
Daddy's failed you. Look at that. I can sing on Jack underwater. Let's have a close look at Sam. <laughs> well, he's probably thinking, look, all my own hair. <laughs> Security protocol's been erased. There we go. Who really thought they would die here? Um, this scene I did see. I think I came into the episode about halfway through. Jack, Sam, come in. Jacob, this is Tilk. We are on board the ship. Tilk, Jack and Sam were in trouble. Main computer level. There's two levels down this way. Remain here. Yes, sir. Oh, look who that is in the background. Who is that in the background? It's uh, Lieutenant Dagwood, a.k.a. Peter DeLuise. Yeah. Dad, this is Sam. We're okay. Yes. <laughs> Hit the he shoulder, he got Sam. shot in. <laughs> How will I take back everything I was thinking when I was underwater? Whatever you did, it worked. I didn't do anything. The security protocol erased itself. Oh, wait a minute, how is that possible? I don't know. Who cares? And you figured it out yet? You know Bo's consciousness was in the computer. The same corridor, but from different angles. Movie magic. O'Neill. You all right? Uh, a little wet, a little chilly. Knee gets a little stiff in cold water. You know? <laughs> Which is a bit worrying considering Richard Dean Anson yeah, still has got a damaged knee. Yes, we can. No, sir. Something else is definitely going on here. Sir. I've still got more hair than you. Yeah. <laughs> Bad. And the naval officer you saw in that shot was actually a friend of Peter DeLuise, who he'd worked with on 21 Jump Street. I'm glad to say that I didn't watch that show when it was on in the late. I did. It does say Davis on his name tag, doesn't it? Told you. Oh, sure up. You didn't know that. You were just reading the transcript. I pasted it into your chat window. There's no point sending me stuff through the chat window when I'm watching this video. Sorry. <laughs> Anubis probably tried to shut it off. Carter? Well, the security program that locked us in that corridor didn't just shut down by itself. You think this virus Thor left in the ship's computer is acting intelligently? If that door hadn't have opened, Colonel O'Neill and I would have drowned. Think of something, Sam. I know you're on a run of bad luck at the moment. I got it. I'm using the internal communication system to synthesize my voice. I'm using the internal communication system to synthesize my voice. Thor spoke the same words to O'Neill and I when we were in prison aboard this vessel. Sir, maybe what we've been calling a virus isn't a virus at all. Maybe it's Thor. We got him off the ship months ago. Not before Anubis was able to download his mind into the computer core. Now, if his consciousness remained intact... He would be an independent entity operating within the system. His mind took control of the vessel. Way to go, Thor. Now, if they'd figured that out right at the beginning, this episode would have been done so much quicker. It wouldn't have crashed. No. So if we can download his consciousness from the computer, the Asgard could transfer it into a new clone body. Yeah, it's not a virus, it's a personality. I often do the same things, but... Oh, that's what I unplugged. I thought I unplugged the printer. What did you unplug? The mouse. Oh. <laughs> you think I'm just not looking for something? That's all, that's all the mouse is the movie. Oh, the light's gone out. How much time will we have left when the countdown resumes? Approximately 17 minutes. That gives us plenty of time to get out of here after we've got Thor. I know Thor was a friend of yours, but this is a go-old mothership. Go-old mothership. There'll be nothing left to salvage. Jack, the ship is never going to fly again. I'd say having the Supreme Commander of the Asgard fleet OU-1 is more valuable. Good point. Stop being useful, Davis. Yeah. Jack, or more to the point, Richard Dean Anderson does not like being wet. Next mothership we keep. Okay. <laughs> That's the spirit, Jack. <laughs> Jonas, take Davis and Jacob back to the subway for us there. Colonel, I'd like to assist Major Carter. Jonas, 
take him back to the sub. Thank you. <laughs> Do what you told, young man. <laughs> uh, getting a lot of use out of that exploded doorway. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had to build it. Thorfinn, it's in a memory stick. <laughs> Anybody got a thousand terabyte memory stick? No, I'm right then. <laughs> We'll have to use one of these. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Hang that round your neck. Why don't they take some of the crystals while they're there? They could come in handy. Here he is. You know, you don't really want to leave anything behind. Hmm. So that was just the Thor boot program and the memory stick. You sure you got all of them in there? He's a smart guy, you know. Please make sure you scan this for viruses before you upload it. <laughs> the self-destruct has been reactivated. Let's go. Yes, that's the problem when you take away computer control through Thord. That door shut. Can you plug him back in and get him to open it? Bad news. The episode's only 33 minutes in. Something else had to go wrong. Oh, yes. This door should not be closed. Dang. Corridor must have flooded. <laughs> oh, dear. Who's going to save you now? That's never good. Jacob? Yeah, what's going on? Our exit is blocked. We need another way around. Jack, all the other passageways into that section were already flooded. There is no other way around. <laughs> Shocker. Jack, I'm going back to the Peltec. See if I can figure something out. Negative. Get that sub to a safe distance. We'll think of something. Understood. We ain't got much choice, have we? No. <laughs> Let's give it a go. They don't look enthusiastic about it. I got nothing. How you doing? Sir, there's only one other way off this level. A glider bathe. We can do that? <laughs> I have no idea. Till looks like he's resigned to it. As opposed to just resigned? Yeah. Okay. Like you say, they're really making use of this standing three-year corridor set. Ship self-destruct has been activated. We need to get the DSRV as far away as possible. Hello, Peter. Up you go. Jack, we're at the sub. What's your status? Here's our plan, Jacob. We're going to take a couple of gliders. Jack, a glider isn't designed to operate underwater. Bet it can, though. It's our only shot. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, you'll have to activate the compartment's force field to stop the flooding. Now, those systems went offline after the crash. I know, I'm trying to reroute the power from here. As they pointed out, it's uncanny how when they need a command console, one just happens to be there. Hmm. What is it? Glider bays have force fields that allow ships to go in and out without having to depressurize the compartment. If she can't get it online, she won't be able to open the doors without flooding the hangar. It's like the Enterprise having an engineering station in the middle of a hallway. Just sort of random? Yeah, you wouldn't expect it to be there. But gold ships tend to have them. Just, you know, any humans that tend to be wandering about. Or, you know, the ship's damaged in battle. There's an auxiliary control panel on the stick. I can reroute the power from there. Hey. How do you know? Because I've gone over the schematics of these motherships a dozen times and I'm a very quick study. Yeah. Well, where is it? Don't wait for me. All right, now, Jonas! Yes, I'm going to do something brave and foolish, because I'm a member of SG-1, and that's what we do. Jonas probably knows the design of these ships better than any other person on the planet. Probably. Yeah, the boys aren't really helping here, are they? <laughs> no pressure, Carter. Plenty of time. On the contrary, O'Neill. Lots and lots. Dope, Dope, Dope. Dope. Jack. Jacob, will you please get out of here? We are, but Jonas went off to try to get the force field online from a relay panel on this deck. Listen, good luck. 
That's it, Jonas. You know you remember SG1 when you start stripping off. He's taking over from Daniel big time. <laughs> He's not stripped off enough, though. Well, it's just cold water. You've got to leave your T-shirt and pants on, aren't you? <laughs> oh, expensive CGR shot. Must be used. Yes. <laughs> Translation. What did he say? We are being advised that in approximately seven minutes the ship will be destroyed. Ah, see? Plenty of time. Seven minutes? I thought we had 17. Well, that was ten minutes ago, obviously. We've barely got seven minutes of episode left. <laughs> Hi, Jonas. It's been brief. <laughs> yeah, again, Peter commented that he was holding his breath while Jonas actually did this scene. And Jonas managed to hold his breath while swimming underwater doing all the actions for longer than Peter Delvey's could. <laughs> Gary Jones, who did the commentary, pointed out that Corin is probably physically more fitter than Peter. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, Peter is a Delouise. They tend towards the somewhat rotund. Now, I love the idea of crystals, but they don't look... I don't know, they look a bit loose-fitting. They look like perspex. The interface between the crystal and whatever the matrix is that holds it doesn't look secure. It doesn't seem tight. No. Huh, bingo. <laughs> Take credit for it, Sam. Take credit. <laughs> Force field just came online. Nice. It wasn't me. Jonas. No, oh, Sam. Scotty would have taken credit for it. Oh, flashback of Man from Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Door comes down and chops him in off. Oh, nicely done. Yeah. That's probably the best CGI of the entire episode. That water? The actual scene before it, the, the rings coming down. That was about 10 gallons of water and the rest was actually CGI water. <laughs> okay. So he knew the rings were there, presumably. Yeah, <laughs> wait for Jonas. <laughs> Bare feet and everyone. Wait! Wait! Did it work? We're about to find out. A fully CGI glider bay, of course. Mm. It wouldn't be a proper glider if you didn't have two people in each, you know? Having a person on their own in the glider. Oh no, you got to have somebody to talk to. Yes, and throw pencils at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, Richard had to be careful getting into the glider because of his dodgy knee. Listen, if we don't survive this, thanks. You're welcome. Opening glider bay doors. So, uh, that's a fully CGI cockpit. But how good is that force field? Well, yeah, considering, I mean, it's one thing to hold... Atmosphere, one atmosphere in. But holding the equivalent of about 20 atmospheres of water out... You've got to question exactly how much time did this take for the ships to leave the mothership and get to the surface and just barely escape. Hang on. Bigger explosion, please. Whee. Thankfully, there were no <laughs> cargo containers in the immediate vicinity. <laughs> That's it. Now, when I first watched... Everybody all right? Yes, sir, we're fine. This is Jacob. We're a little seasick down here, but we're in one piece, too. I'd hear it. 
What about Jonas? All members of SG-1, present and accounted for. Those are good radios that they can walk up to be in a When I first watched that, I thought, oh, look, a CGI Sam. That was really Mandan, and it was a CGI glider. <laughs> He's smiling. He's back to Perky. First time in a death glider. Oh, well. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you don't say that to a pilot. Yes, it's flying in a glider. First time I've done this as well. <laughs> I think Jack has finally taken to him. <laughs> yes, Jack looks happy. Jack's flying. Flying Jack is always happy, Jack. Now, if you want the fact that half the uh, airspace in the world would try to shoot you down, you could go for a nice joyride. <laughs> the point, try to shoot you down would probably not be successful. Although you don't know. Considering what happened with Apophis' gliders, you probably wouldn't want to go flying them around anyway. Just land them as quickly as possible. <laughs> Maybe it was just Apophis that programmed his gliders to take over when somebody else nicked them. Well, when somebody retrofitted technology to them, like, yay, let's go into space. Everything nicely wrapped up at the end. Everybody happy. Everybody lived except Dr. Frazen. Poor sod, never mind. Uh, poor Edgerick. <laughs> it happens. Well, here's the thing. There didn't appear to be a mark on him. So how exactly did he die? There was no blood anywhere. Did he wave the sword at him and then just zat him? Perhaps he had a heart attack. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I have a sword. Oh, zat. <laughs> Jafar looked round and I never touched him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've got the power of a god. <laughs> I'm going to say on the sci-fi channel, there's no way they'd be able to use blood. Ah, Haven does. Well, let's put it this way. You're allowed to do so many things in standards and practice on an American channel. Mm. That's why sometimes they have the Klingon blood. It was never red. Why wasn't it red? Because that would have damaged a a rating. So by having purple blood, doesn't matter. That's how crazy it is. Last Girls on ABC, isn't it? Well, it's a Canadian series. Right. Canada had that wonderful show, which I bought after I saw the title of it. Puppets Who Kill. <laughs> I just saw the title and I thought, I have to buy that. I can't not buy that. Sounds good. The title, the cover shot, the album cover, doesn't matter. If you get that right, people will buy it. <laughs> it persuaded me. That was Descent, Peter Deloise episode. Pretty much standalone, except for the fact that they get Thor back, which mm. does play out later. Actually, an enjoyable episode. I'm not sure why I didn't remember it. I think I saw it from about halfway through. For some yeah. reason, I was doing something which meant I missed the five o'clock showing and I missed because this is season six and to catch up on those, I was looking at the repeats that were on every day. You sure it won another episode with Sam getting wet? No, I remember that scene. I saw, I, again, the, uh, I haven't had the bloody, oh, God, how am I going to do this without a mouse? This could be interesting. Well, haven't you plugged your mouse back in? <laughs> well, no, because the hard drive is copying and I don't want to, to plug the mouse back in, I'd have to tilt the computer. I don't want to tilt a running drive. Fair enough, okay. And the USB enclosure, especially when it's not mine. It's good to know that you can multitask. <laughs> Thank you. It will come in handy when we're doing the interleaved Atlantis and SG, because that starts in Season 8, and the whole thing will be sitting on the computer. So I don't need to go finding uh, which disc will be on this week. I just go click, click, click. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Sorted. Uh-huh. Ah, uh-huh. what? Yes, I have discovered keyboard manipulation of uh, links on my page. <laughs> right, that were Descent. No, I can't access that tweet, can you? I really should use tweet debt, but I shut it down when I'm recording. Oh, this one I remember. Oh, yeah, I remember the next episode. Frozen. Mm-hmm. If you have any feedback, we'll put it in here. Okay. I'll be nigh and Adriana. <laughs> and me. And you. <laughs> you can be you. <laughs> nice says, just on a second listen of the season five wrap-up. Great podcast. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed having Adriana's voice in there. 
Gotta keep the boys in line somehow. Well, maybe we need a girl's show. We can discuss Daniel's hair changes. No. I think Alan has to rein himself in a little when Adriana is about, come on, Daniel, from nerd to supreme buffness would be the subject. Adriana says, subject will be Daniel, hair, muscles, nude shot, any and all, lol. Kind of like the idea of a girl's show. Maybe we could record and talk Mike and Alan. Okay, Mike has getting Alan to agree to it, into airing it as a special. Not a bad idea at all. Adriana. Well, about we could sweet talk Jennifer and Maggie O into joining us too. Ooh, I can already think of the fun we could have. Just covering the five seasons the podcast already discussed. Daniel, Teok, Jack, and me. Ah, oh, no, okay, I'm not going to say that. I'm not saying that next bit. I reply with something soppy. No, he replies, but it sounds great to me. I can already send some men of Atlantis and men of SGU in our future as well. Lol, no. Adriana says, great minds think alike. Okay, next up. Oh, yeah. Julia Benson, one of the recurring characters in Stargate Universe who played uh, Lieutenant Vanessa James, stars this month in a sci-fi disaster movie. Oh, dear. Earth's Final Hours. Airs on the 17th of December. Shut up, Alan. They're brilliant. Great fun. I didn't say it. Okay. Stars alongside Robert Nepper. In more Prison Break and Target Universe. Worth keeping an eye out for that film. As well as the audio, you have behind-the-scenes funnies, which I did watch. I especially like Jack's comment of, oh, you were behind the scenes. Why can't we be in front of the scenes? <laughs> yeah, that was Amanda actually doing the filming. Mm. We don't have any email feedback. The few bits of Twitter were already done. On the subject of feedback, if you do want to give feedback, this is how. Hi, folks, and thanks for listening, downloading, etc., etc., etc. If you need to email us, the email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. If you need to find the podcast, somebody gave it to you, you got it through an online subscription, we're on iTunes as Gatecast. We're also listed on Podcast Alley and Podcast Pickle. If you want to leave feedback, you can record an MP3 and email it to gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us feedback on the website, that's gatecast.phasecast.com. There is the Facebook group, which is The Gatecast. And finally, you can also tweet us, we're The Gatecast on Twitter as well. Next week, we'll have Frozen. A frozen female alien that might predate human evolution by 50 million years discovered in Antarctica. She might, in fact, be part of the race that invented the Stargate. After SG-1 manages to thaw her back to life, they discover that she may be the source of a deadly virus. And all that without a single exclamation point. <laughs> I tried to employ exclamation points, but there weren't any. Yeah, strangely enough, all the time David Attenborough's been down there filming, he's never found a frozen woman from 50 million years ago. No. Almost as if they make these stories up. Tweet deck. I use tweet deck on my phone. I'm pretty much convinced that I spend so much time on Facebook and Twitter and other social media when I'm off work. Mm-hmm probably just sitting with my laptop. If I ever did get a phone, I'd do nothing else. <laughs> I'd turn in one of the great zombies. It's ten o'clock, I'm drinking a cup of tea. It's five past ten, I've finished my cup of tea. <laughs> so, uh, in theory, you could assemble your tweet and turn it into a Jackie Collins novel. <laughs> yes, although I'm not sure about some of the sex scenes. Uh. <laughs> oh, what's this? A riding crop. <laughs> Bend over, Vicar. I have no desire to know anything about your sex life or like thereof, Mike, okay? That's just... That's what I think when I see so many tweets between you and Adriana. <laughs> we don't discuss that kind of thing. I know you don't, but sometimes I wonder. <laughs> I read it and think, come on, direct message, people, direct message. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my message to her yesterday was sweet. I'm actually really looking forward to Jericho and I got Smallville and yay. Just as I was running out of shows to watch because the shows I watch with her I don't want to continue watching. Still, I did follow the request that we're being pretty much everyone except Audra. And I was doing well against Audra, and then she whips out a 64-point word, and I'm like, 
bugger. <laughs> well, you assume she's pretty good at that sort of thing. So am I. Well, that's not your profession, though, is it? No, it's not. It's an interest, but actually I'm better at this than I am at the profession. based on actions in the last day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's more thick than Mayborn. Harry's not thick? Yeah, probably not. No, and I suppose you can't call a smoothie devious and dangerous. I was stretching the analogy somewhat. That has been, as I may have said about half an hour ago, although about ten seconds ago in your time, that was Descent. Next week's episode, as we said, Frozen. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com. Thank you.